Welcome to One Hit Wonderful, the podcast where we discuss wonderful reality shows that have only had one season. This episode we're doing Cal on Earth, episode seven, Tough Times. I'm your host, Frank Pezzanite III. And I'm Meredith Broadbeck. And, and we're back. We're back. <laughs> By a brief break, we meant months, months long Months and months hiatus. and months. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, we missed podcasting. We've forgotten. Very how, much. We've forgotten how to do it a little bit. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> they updated our recording software. It's been <laughs> it's been interesting so far, and I almost thought our name was still the old one. <laughs> uh, but we're here. We're here. I'm happy. So I guess we should do like some house cleaning or news items just because it's been so long, but we won't go through three months of Twitter. Yeah, I, it's way too much Twitter to go through, but I thought we could hit like bullet points. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so number one, first and foremost, is that The Hills is coming back, y'all. It's coming back. Um, I feel like every day, even more people sign on. They're filming already. That you, Brody's in now, Misha Barton. Random, but I'll take it. Uh, oh, yeah, I will take it. She's a crazy pants. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very excited about it. Yeah. Um, but Kristen Cavallari and Lauren are both not in, right? They are both not in. And little sidebar, I believe we have now both watched all of Keeping Cavallari. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Very Cavallari. Very Cavallari. I liked it. Um, full disclosure, I went to the pot store before I came over here. <laughs> <laughs> and tried a new chocolate bar, so I might be a little high. It just hit you, like, minutes ago. <laughs> um, I really liked Very Cavallari. I liked it a lot. She, I liked it a lot, a lot. I would definitely recommend it, you guys. She makes good TV. She really does. Um, I feel like the, the person that steals the show is Jay, her husband. Yeah. Like, the reality star nobody knew we needed, but we sure do. Yeah. And I, But I just like her perspective, like, with her staff and with her husband, and when the... I like, there was like some breaking of the third wall where producers ask her questions during her confessionals uh -huh. and why she didn't want to put her kids on TV and all that stuff. Like, I thought she came across like a genuinely cool and fun person. Agreed. Yeah. yeah agreed. And the scene where she's so drunk, she couldn't open the hotel door. <laughs> like she's one of us. It was, it was good. Yeah. I yeah. would highly recommend. Yeah. Um, but they're the only two not participating in the Hills, right? I agree. Yeah. I yeah. think so. Okay. They're already filming. I haven't heard if Ryan Cabrera will be joining the cast or They not. just broke up again. Oh. <laughs> I've Katrina. also... I know. I've taken a really long hiatus from Twitter as well, but I meant to tweet at you, like, I wonder which one of her repeats she'll go back to next. <laughs> <laughs> She's only dated, like, the same four people for, like, ten years. Well, that means Justin Bobby's next. Yeah. Oh. From your lips to God's ears. Maybe that's the new spin. Can you imagine? Like, the divorce... That would be so good. <laughs> oh. But of course, I have no idea when it's airing, right? 2019. Okay. We'll make an event of it, of yeah. course. I, it would, it, I would guess late winter, early spring. Is I it a limited guess. series? They haven't said. I don't yeah. think so. Like, I think if it takes off, they'll probably keep, you know, I'm sure everyone needs the money. God. Spencer Pratt's dream has come true. 100%. He worked hard for it. Yeah. I, I will give it to Spencer on that one. Any other fun house cleaning tidbits? Um, what am I? Oh, we got a very nice shout out on the Relevant podcast. Um, I did want to bring that up. 
Awesome. Um, so if you guys aren't listening, please check them out. They're on SoundCloud. Um, I want to make sure that I get this right. I will pull that up again. I should have. Um, I tried to, when I listen, listen to it, I tried to find, um, I tried to find it on my podcast app, but for some reason I couldn't and I had to do it directly through SoundCloud for them. Okay. So I'm not sure if they're on every app. Okay. Um, where is Benches? And while I'm looking for this up, you should tell everyone about the new member of your household. Oh, yeah. Um, and potential sound <laughs> complication. <laughs> so I got a dog two weeks ago, and she is a lovable sweetheart who you might hear making some noise because she's probably upset she's not down here and on the podcast. But she hopefully will be chill enough to be on it someday. She's a sweet girl, though. Very, yes. Very cute and doesn't bark and really sweet. She really likes to snuggle. She just likes to chew rugs as well, so... And her name is Beatty. Okay, I found it. Relevant Podcast, R-E-L-E-V-A-N-T, and their Twitter handle is We're So Relevant. Oh, I like that. Cute handle. So thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks. Um, and I do have a runway rundown for this episode. Amaze. Who are we getting? So runway rundown number seven, the famous gum smacker, Michelle. And? Michelle Aselta. She went to the University of Georgia with, um, she graduated in 2005 with a degree in journalism. She worked for Rubenstein Communications, uh, Evans PR, and then People's Revolution, She was at People's Revolution for three years, from August 2007 to August 2010. So she made it probably, like, almost a year after filming. Uh Almost a year. Um, So she moved on to The Door, Stuntman PR, Quitkin. Okay. Which I thought was interesting. And she's now PR director at Madwell, which I got really excited because I was hoping it was Madewell. It's not. It's Madwell, (laughs) which is a creative agency in Brooklyn. And some of their bigger clients are the Vita Coco Coconut Water. Oh, that's a pretty big client. Yeah. Justin's, the peanut butter and like almond butter. Also a big client. Yeah. PJ Clark's, the restaurant. I think we have one downtown, but they're like a big group. I think they're like a big corporate restaurant. And then a couple like famous baby products that like I recognize the logos of, but I don't, I don't know what they do. (laughs) They cater to babies. (laughs) Um, And she, you can find her on social media and she's on Instagram and her Instagram bio is NYC publicist, publicist, wifey and beach bum, mama to Drummond James. Her so she named her child Drummond after the last name of the family in um, what you call it? Would know. you talk about Willis? Oh, oh, that's their name. Yeah, oh. the Drummonds. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's her baby's name. So over the summer, she and her husband they got all dressed up, had a parents' night out, and they were at a wedding with none other than. Do you want to take a guess? Um, where was the wedding? Outside of New York City, like on a farm. City on a farm. Um, Whitney. Serrano. Uh. <laughs> she is still friends with Tandrew. Crazy. Yeah. Weird. Because in- they didn't even seem chummy on the show. I know. Like if you said Skinner, I'd be like, okay, that makes sense. 
Um, Skinner and her are very close. I believe Skinner was... Not in her wedding, but at her wedding. And I saw that Skinner was one of the women in her um, baby shower photos. No, I meant Skinner Serrano. They're still friends, too. But I'm saying, like, that would surprise me a lot less than that. I know. Yep. But they are still friends. What happened to him? He gained some weight, and I think he got some bad plastic surgery, right? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he looks, he kind of looks like that human Ken doll guy. Yeah, like the weight that looks fine. It's just the... He got some fillers in his cheeks, maybe? Uh, yeah, it's not good. No. It's not good, y'all. She looks great, though. Yeah, she does look great. Um, hold on, I'll find you a picture. Her husband's a handsome guy. Oh, he is a good looking guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's a very looking good looking guy. Yep. So that's the deal with Michelle, but she's still in New York, still in PR. Thriving. Amaze. Yeah. It's hard to find runway rundowns as we get further and further into this series, but I think, you know, we're doing our best to end on a high note. Um, if you run out of people, mm-hmm. um, well, I guess it's kind of a moot point now, but I was going to suggest Mallory. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that next episode. So let's dive into episode seven, Tough Times. And I'm going to say... It was tough times, this episode. It was. It really, really was. <laughs> I I don't want to say I understand now why this show only lasted one season, but I understand why this show... <laughs> <laughs> it's time had come. Kelly is boring. I I appreciate her, you know, like, her bitchy sound bites where she's, like, getting things done, but her sound bites about, like, the fashion never being the same and the recession and... Being a single mother and I, I, they're getting old. Yeah. And she's getting less funny. So we open at the office because that's where we always are. And Kelly is barking out orders about who's paid my mom's rent this month, our phone bill, money's going out and not coming in. And they need to make people pay in full before their shows. And there was the whole weird thing about flying coach. Yeah. They made a big point of letting us know that, like, she was flying coach to L.A. Yes. Which I don't believe. Right. To be honest. Um, And I had a little bit of a hard time with this episode with all of the crying poor stuff. Yeah. Also watching how much money flies out the door. It's like, huh? I know. I know. So they're also going over all these clients that they're moving to small claims court because they haven't paid within the time limit within their contract. And see, that's the other thing that confused me because isn't small claims court like 6000 or less? Yeah. I would have thought she was charging these people way more than that. Well, I think it depends on what it was. Like, okay. It could just be their monthly payment for PR services or oh, whatever. Yeah, maybe. Um, because... Uh, Skinner says that they're going to pick up a $5,000 check and Kelly's like, I don't care. That costs like, that's part of our daily cost. That's nothing. So I don't know. And then she says she's flying coach to LA and she calls LA a gold mine for lifestyle branding. Mm, Ain't that the truth. Oh my God. All the marketing terminology in this episode too. And then she says, I'm not rich. Okay. I mean, next to Andrew... Maybe not. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, Raquel. Yeah. She's second to Andrew. I think that she's one of these people, though, that like, no matter how much money she makes, because she wasn't rich when she was growing up, she'll never feel like, I. you know, I don't think I'm, 
I, I can't think of a monetary amount for her that she would consider herself rich. Well, I also think she compares herself to a lot of people in the fashion business who maybe are like oh, true. super wealthy who have million collections. A year. Yeah. yeah, and like they design clothes just for fun. Yeah. Whereas Kelly, she is sitting at her desk with all of the people who work for her every day. Yeah. So it doesn't mean she's not rich. It means she has to work to be that rich. Exactly. Yeah. So then we have a scene of them interviewing account executives to replace Voorhees and Serrano. And they are interviewing a former colleague of Michelle's named Mallory. And she's done PR for high-end jewelry. And I believe she had a stint at Bergdorf's as well. Something like that. I think so. So then Kelly, Robin is interviewing this um, woman, Mallory. And Kelly comes in with, a, it looks like a hat box, and says, is this your headband collection? And then we get a testimonial of Kelly saying that she's been forbidden from interviews because in one interview she meditated. Um, I also <laughs> want to know why they're all stupid because I know who that box of headbands belongs to. Robin, right? Skinner. Oh, yeah. Robin wears headbands a lot too, though. Not colored ones and metal ones. And she just wears like black. Well, she wears the workout ones too. Yeah. And these are all know. like headbands. I don't know. Yeah, I think Skinner. Yeah. So then Kelly sits in on this interview for no reason really other than to like scare the crap out of this poor girl, I guess, and says that it's like chaotic but collaborative and if you don't like swearing, this isn't the place to be. And then it concludes with Robin saying, I'd love to hire you ASAP. She also, I feel like, in, and this is a moot point because of what happens in a little bit, but um, misled the whole collaborative thing. Yeah. Like, if I heard that in the job interview, the way she was talking, it would be like, we all support each other. Like, what an amazing environment to work in. Not so much, Kel. No. And she, I think she likes to think that she doesn't single people out, but she totally she does. She 100% does. <laughs> she loves to place blame on one person. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Which is also at the end of the episode. So, then we get a scene at Skinner's apartment. This little apartment. I mean... For a young 20-something, it's actually, like, she has an apartment in Manhattan by herself, which is kind of a big deal. It's a very big deal, but it's also maybe 300 square feet. Yeah. And I'm kind of surprised by the furniture she put in it, but I guess when you're that age, you only have so much choice about what furniture you, like, inherit from family or whatever. But for the size of this apartment, she has at least a double bed, a couch, and a chair that are practically touching because it's so narrow. And then the kitchen is just a stove and a sink. Oh, I didn't even think she had a bed. I thought the couch was like a futon. I thought it pulled out. No, there was a bed like all the way toward the window. Oh, there was? Yeah. And you'd think that like a futon that turned into a bed would make more sense. But it's a, it's a teeny little apartment with no dishwasher. She hasn't even plugged in her television and she was paying fifteen fifty a month. Yes. And this was in, this was filmed in fall 2009, so. It's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. So she said it's ridiculous to pay that much for a place that she's never at. And then we meet Skinner's boyfriend, Alano, and his name card says his full name, which is Alano Groves. Okay. I'm not sure why he gets the full name card. And I, we've met him before. Did we? Well, we didn't meet him, but he was out for drinks with them that one time, having wine. Oh, right. We saw him. We saw him. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and I looked him up because I was curious his deal. He's He's got some videos on Vimeo. I'm not sure what they are, and I couldn't bring myself to watch it. Um, it seems like he's kind of an actor. Okay. I don't know. I did not care for him. Yeah. Um, so then they're making breakfast, which... Okay. Okay, and I also was really confused because it seemed like he was making pancakes and then later they were English muffins. Yeah. They were using the stove to toast English muffins because she doesn't have a toaster. Oh. Why they wouldn't use the broiler in the oven, I don't know. Yeah, that's what I would do. But I'm also guessing that Skinner doesn't have like tongs or a baking sheet or anything to that effect. All she has is, like, a little skillet, probably. You mean in the oven? No, like, that's why they did it on the stovetop, because she probably doesn't have anything else. <laughs> if if yeah. I had to play my cards on that one. So then she talks about how they met, and she was out at a bar with her, a previous boyfriend. And then this is where I also was like, I don't care what happens either, you motherfuckers. Yeah, so then she says she saw Alano from across the bar and thought he was so cute. She wrote her phone number in eyeliner on a napkin and slipped it to him. While with her boyfriend. Yeah. And she broke up with her boyfriend for Alano, who is now her boyfriend. No wonder she has to work all the time. I bet if she sits quietly in a dark room, the true person that she is is, comes flooding (laughs) over her and she can't sleep at night. Was he so cute you would have slipped him your number? No! Right? That's what I want to know what the previous boyfriend looked like. (laughs) Me too. Like big time. Yeah. I didn't get it. I mean, he's not ugly, but I wouldn't see him from across a bar and be like, I'm going to slip that guy my number. I'm actually going to go with full on ugly on okay. this one. Okay. For I, me, that's a, that's a hard pass. <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't be into it. I'll, I'll definitely He say looks that. like a swizzle stick covered in pubes. <laughs> he is very, very skinny. Yeah. <laughs> and he does. Yeah. Okay. His hair does look bristly. Fine. Um, so then they sit and eat breakfast. So there's that. Oh, no, I totally forgot to back it up. Um, We didn't talk that much about the interview other than Kelly's part. But the main thing that I was dying over is when she goes, oh, Mallory, were you named after Justine Bateman's character on Family Ties? And she goes, oh, yeah. And Kelly goes, oh, she's my best friend. When did we not? I didn't know that. Did you know that? I think I did know that. She's got some really cool friends. We just didn't get to see But who knew Justine Bateman was her best? That's insane. Yeah. I think Cutrone is actually, like, well-connected. She's got some really cool power-playing friends, and maybe that's why the show didn't do as well, because she wouldn't get them on it. Maybe, but um, I was very impressed by that. Yeah. Much more so than with uh, Swizzle Stick Pube. (laughs) So then um, we go back to the office, and Kelly and Robin are talking about Mallory, this potential hire, And they say that she can swing lifestyle, fashion, and beauty really easily. And Kelly says, then she will be a hire for the company and not just for you, Robin. And they discuss how she wants a salary of 70 grand. Which I was a little taken aback by because, A, this was nine years ago. Longer. Um, Ten years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, that was, I mean, that's still a lot of money now, but that was really a lot of money then. Yeah. And so, for a company that's crying poor... To take on a new $70,000 a year employee, when quite frankly, things are getting done. I mean, everyone's kind of frazzled, but it seems like Skinner's going to work that way anyway, so who gives a fuck? Yeah. Like, why would you go out of your way to hire a $70,000 a year employee? I don't know. It didn't jive with me. And that's what I mean when she's like, I'm going to fly coach, but let's hire someone for $70,000 a year. 
And for fall 2009, like that's even for Manhattan, that was a pretty good salary. That's a good salary, yeah. And I can't imagine what poor Skinner is making. A dollar ninety nine. Yeah, she's making nothing. So then, let's see, Michelle and I'm forgetting Emily. <laughs> it's been too long. I forget their names. They have a meeting with George Wayne, the famous guy uh. who ate the diamond. Okay. I have turned on this motherfucker. Me too. As we are supposed to. Yeah. A monster. So I did do some research on this event. He comes to People's Revolution because he wants help with an event. And he says it's the 16th anniversary of the downtown 100. And he says GW several times. He's referring to himself. So this is his list every year of the top 100 influencers or things that he thinks are cool and he throws a party because he gets some sponsors. So he wants them to help with our SVPs. He really wants to get the mayor there and a supermodel. Can you think of anyone? That's what he says. Real quick, I just had a thought. Yeah. Do we know the timeline for this and when he ate? Because I was thinking maybe they showed this footage because, I mean, showed that footage to get back at him because he was such a dick. Maybe. So... I tried to look up when the downtown 100 happens. Uh It's really scattered. It's happened like a different time of year every year. And he's still doing it. Um, But I couldn't find anything about this year in particular. I tried really hard. I could find like photos. Like you can find um, red carpet photos from some of them, but not this year that happened. Because I could totally see Callie like seeing this footage and being like, what an asshole. She's like, wait until I edit my show. We show you eating a chrysalis, dumb motherfucker. Yeah. So then he, they're asking him about the timeline and the budget. He has no budget. Yep. Nope. None. He wants a favor and the event is a week away. Yeah. So then Michelle picks up her Blackberry and she's emailing and he says, Miss PDA, hello. And he gets very angry at her and says that it's F-bomb rude. Mind you, Emily and Robin are still sitting there listening to every word he's saying. I don't know, when you're in a meeting and one person picks up their phone out of three, I don't find it that rude. Well, and she also clarified to say she picked it up to email the mayor. Yeah, she has a friend in the mayor's office. And he even says, like, you better be talking to the mayor and if you're going to be doing that. And she's like, actually, I am. Yeah. And then he still was mad. He was still mad. So that's where we leave it with GW. Now, do we ever get more of it in the final episode? No. Because I really wanted to see them, like, full-on turn him down. I know. Oh, I feel robbed. Yeah. So then we're back downstairs and Kelly gets a phone call from a stranger and you see her say, who's your niece? I don't have time to give free advice. And she hands the phone to Andrew. And apparently it is the uncle of one of Ava's friends at school who called to get advice from Kelly. (laughs) Now, how much trouble do you think Ava's going to be in? I or I'm guessing it was like one of Ava's teachers or something. Gave Ava, her the number? I, Ava wouldn't say, call my mom. She knows about public relations. She's seven. Oh, no, 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 no. But I mean, if one of the, if the kids, well, she was over the kid's house and one of the parents was like, give me your mommy's number. Oh, well. I don't know. Kelly doesn't seem to get mad at Ava about anything. That we see. That's true. 
Although I did say later in the episode, she's one of the politest children that I've seen like on reality TV. That doesn't happen by accident. No. That's fear. That is fear. <laughs> so and then Kelly gets all pissed off that somebody wants free advice and she says she's going to sell a Q&A online sponsored by Walmart. And then as Andrew is hold- talking to this man on the phone, Kelly holds up a sign that says, fuck you, pay for advice. Well, in reference to her, I should start something where I just talk on the internet to people. I said, Kelly invented the TED Talk. Yeah. Yep. Um, So then we get a testimonial from Michelle talking about George Wayne and asking, what planet is he from? He's the most obnoxious and disgusting person I've ever met. So not only is this Hot 100 event next week, Kelly says, it's a Friday, Monday is a holiday. We're not doing favors. And... (laughs) Emily says, someone needs to tell him. Michelle perks up and says, can I be the one to tell him? <laughs> and, and that's that, what I wanted to see. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's where we leave it. We don't know who got to tell him. That would be fun, though. It would be a maze. Yeah. I'm so sorry, GW, but we can't help you right now. So then, we were still at the office. It's presumably a different day. And Mallory, the young woman they interviewed to be hired by People's Revolution, is in page six. So Robin brings over the newspaper to Michelle and says, I guess you should read this since it's your friend. Michelle says, former colleague. (laughs) So I looked this up and I read the article and it came out September 1st, 2009. So what I want to know is, when did Serrano and Voorhees quit? I don't know. This was before Fashion Week. The fuck? Yes. It blew my mind. This is some Inception shit. Yeah. I, I don't know when they quit. I can't, I don't understand. Did it say when the crime occurred? Or that was just the day the paper came out? This was the day the article came out. When they were considering hiring her to replace Serrano and Voorhees. That's what they say at the beginning of the episode. But they say it in a one-on-one. Not in convert. They say it in an interview. Right. But Serrano and Voorhees are not... Or, yeah, Voorhees. But I'm trying to think. When we see them actually in the office talking with her, talking to each other and not in a one-on-one confessional. Is there any mention of Serrano and Voorhees? Not that I noticed. Yeah. This was probably just them hiring someone and they just threw in the I don't confessionals know. to make it look like it was way later than it was. Maybe. Cause they never say anything to her about, um, replacing two people that are leaving or anything. That's true. I don't know. I can't, I still can't figure it out though. Yeah, I think that Kelly was probably just hiring, and they filmed it, and then it was like, oh, we can make this work. I guess. Yeah. It's still... Crazy. They're it's still crazy. Me- They're still messing with us yeah. big time. So, Mallory was arrested because she stole yeah. <laughs> a bunch of jewelry. $97,000 worth. Yeah. From this other, because she, at her previous job, worked with high-end jewelry companies, and I guess she stole a bunch of jewelry. I would imagine from, like, a photo shoot or something. Yeah. 
Um, so then we get this actually funny moment with Kelly and her confessionals and said, Robin's wondering why this woman won't call her back. You want to know why Mallory didn't call back? She was in the clink. <laughs> that was a really good one. It is. I love saying the clink. So then Skinner doesn't think it's funny because she really needs help. Which is insane to me because Skinner gets help and then she won't take it. Yeah. It's like, well, huh? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And then we get this really old footage of Skinner and Emily sitting next to each other working on an Excel document. And it's the same footage we got after their fight. Yeah. It was weird. Just spliced in there for no reason. And then Skinner meets her boyfriend for drinks at Sanctuary Tea, the only bar they ever go to. And she's on her Blackberry the whole time while he's trying to smoke cigarettes and just have a drink with his girlfriend. She sees Emily across the street and flags her over. If I were the boyfriend, I would have been really pissed. And Emily comes. Yeah. And has a glass of wine. I think she ate something, too. Yeah, I mean, she wasn't just like, oh, hey, like, nice to see you guys. Have a nice night. And then they sit there and they talk about George Wayne. Yeah. I would have been so livid. Um, and that's why I have a lot to say about stuff that happens later. Yeah. And even worse, like, Skinner tried really hard to get Emily to come. Yeah. She yells across the street, you're being recruited. Come have a drink. No, you actually have a date with your boyfriend. Don't do yeah. that. Don't do that. I know. So then Kelly talks a little bit about her LA office. It started there and then she had to decide whether she wanted to keep her house in LA or have a nanny and she has a nanny. And then we get a scene of her packing and she believes in living in the now and she only packs an hour before she needs to be somewhere. And she called it packing in the moment, which I call bullshit. It's called not being organized. Her house. I have a hard time with her house. Cause it's so cluttered. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would too. Like, she, it's a cool apartment in Soho, but she's just got like tons of books in the windows and her dresser drawers are like exploding and she wears the same thing every day. I can't believe she has that many clothes. I guess I can, but it's, it's just a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. It's overwhelming. Yeah. It's hard for me to look at. And I think she just also likes to live her every aspect of her life in chaos. And so she yeah. packs like... She's got an hour to prepare for the biggest fashion show for life. I mean, it was insane. They were just throwing things everywhere. I'm like, where is this? And what? I'm like, ugh. Yeah. It's just gross. Yeah. And like, you're not so busy. You can't take five minutes to lay out some stuff for your nanny to put in a bag for you. Yeah. I like, know. All black and some underwear done. Like, I don't get it. I don't get it either. So then we see Robin interviewing another young woman to replace the woman who was in the clink. <laughs> Her name is Grace, and they have a drink at Sanctuary Tea and go over, you know, what the job entails and Grace's experience, and it's boring. Yeah. So then we're in L.A. with <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> and we need to... <laughs> so she's trying to diversify her revenue. Which is a good thing to do. Yes. She's trying course. to do some things outside of fashion. Right. And she goes to visit this guy who is a music lawyer. He had he was a slash music attorney slash something. And I, I couldn't see what the other one was. Yeah, I couldn't either. And she goes to look at his new invention, which is called My Studio. And how it's going to be in every mall in America. Uh-huh. And it is... Like a record your own greeting music video. It's like a 
karaoke video machine. Yeah. And it has different backgrounds and music. And Kelly brings somebody's children with her to look at it. And what I also didn't get is that they, in the beginning, the guy was making it sound like it was a professional thing. Like, oh, anyone can like record audition tapes and resumes and do studio tracks. And I was like, oh, because he was billing it like your own personal studio for professionals. And then I got to the part about malls and they showed it and I'm like, oh, this is one of those dumb, like, yeah. record a video of yourself in the mall lip syncing or singing some dumb song. Yeah. So then Kelly says at People's Revolution, if they don't believe in a product, they don't rep it. But when they believe in a product, they rep it. And then she tells this music attorney, yeah, I'll send over the terms and once the money's in, we can start. So she is all in on this goofy box. Well, how'd that work out for you, Kel? Yeah. Because there's not one at my mall. Is there one in your mall? Also, every mall in America, couldn't you tell by 2010 that malls were like on their way down? I don't know, but <laughs> I would give my left arm for the video Kelly made. Yeah, I know. I know. Because it was amazing. Yeah. So then we go back to New York and... Skinner and Muckamel are working 16-hour days, and he has turned his spike choker into a crown for Stephanie. And I'm with him. I think it does look kind of cool on her. But see, that's the thing. It did look kind of cool on her, but they didn't think it looked cool. They thought it looked, like, silly. You know what I mean? Like, they were. They thought it was hilarious. Like, way funnier than I thought it was. I thought she. it looked cool on her. I mean, 100%. I'm with you. But I don't think they thought that. I don't know. She looked like a goth-like Statue of Liberty. But they couldn't stop laughing about it. Yeah. So, they say that they're going on their adventures, which means to smoke, smoke some cigarettes. Yeah. yeah. And they bump into Alano or he stops by and that's why they're going on an adventure. That was really unclear. I think he texted her and said like, I'm in the neighborhood. Come have a smoke with me. So then why are you bringing Andrew? I don't know. It's so weird. So then Alano says, so I'll come by on Saturday? Question mark. Like, you know, making plans with his girlfriend. And Andrew says, God, it's Tuesday. Like, she's going to be just working through until Saturday. And come by on Saturday, meaning she's going to be at work on Saturday, too? Oh, I took that to mean come by her apartment. Okay. I mean, with Skinner, it's hard to tell. So then she and Muckamel walk around the corner to, like, buy more Red Bull and probably have another cigarette. He tells her she looks beautiful today. And he says, I love Skinner. I would totally date her. I'm just into dudes right now. And he also, she also says, oh, really, when he says you look pretty. And he goes, well, it's probably also because you're wearing all black today. Yeah. I agree with him, though. She does look she good does, yeah. when she's a little more, like, tough looking. But I also didn't get why then Alano didn't, why wasn't he the one walking around the block? I don't know. It's weird. I, I don't, I don't get it. So then we go back to L.A. And Kelly wraps in her car. Oh. That was hard. It was really hard. She's down for the deal, like Remington Steel. Something about I'm Kelly Catrone and I'm not even old. And I, I beg to differ. <laughs> that rap suggests otherwise. And it wouldn't have been quite so horrifying until we see that the hip-hop record mogul that she's talking on the phone to and rapping to is also a white person. A nerdy white person. Yeah. Who won't take off his sunglasses indoors. Yeah. So she goes to see Rick Ross um, at Delicious Vinyl, which she says about 50,000 times. 
They uh, worked with Tone Loke and the Brand New Heavies, which they also say about 10,000 times. And that's how they met. Kelly was working with the Brand New Heavies and on tour with them, I guess. So, um, and I was hysterically dying because yeah. they said Tone Loke a hundred times. Yeah. And um, I believe more than once she said Tone Loke is a really big deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and she says that everything Rick Ross touches turns to gold and whatever. So then he takes her to what is called Freak City, which is like the store, I guess, that he has created in a space that he owns. And she says, so MIA's shopping here? And he says, everyone's shopping here. She says Peaches Peaches MIA. Peaches and MIA. So then Kelly describes it as a street-driven, beat-driven, dance-driven, design-driven space. Sure. Um, I think what she meant to say was a high-end clothing boutique disguised as a skate shop. Yeah. It's, it's fine. It was cute and fun. Why didn't he have records there, too? Oh, I'm sure he did somewhere. Yeah, I would think like a record store that sells clothes, too, kind of I'm sure there were records somewhere. So then she talks about how she was signed to Atlantic Records when she was 25 and all that stuff. And then as she's leaving Freak City, this is also clearly another new client now. And she says she's going to send in the stylist and get him some alpha leaders. Another, like, marketing term. And he says, don't use that term, alpha leaders. And she said, fine, don't you say vinyl. And he was like, alpha leaders isn't even cool. And she says, I'm not cool. I'm a single mom. I'm trying to make money now. That was the theme of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. So then we see Muckamel and Skinner at one of those, like, New York coffee shops, like, big old places, very generic, and they're looking at donuts, and Andrew talks about stacking them on his dick. (sighs) That was not the conversation we needed to have, Andrew. And not even original. No, and he calls it ring toss. Yeah. Um, I also um, think it's interesting that, that, like, if that had happened now, she probably could have sued him. Probably. I mean, it's on TV. Like, I don't think that would be on TV now. Maybe. I don't know. Then we go back to LA, and Kelly calls Ava. And as much as I like Kelly's daughter, and I think she's, like, polite and cute, I get so tired of the things that Kelly says to her. So Ava's hanging out with her grandmother, and Kelly just loves these single mom sound bites. And she says... Oh, you know grandma loves you so much, Ava. You know family's important. I don't need to tell you that. You know, like, she's just, like, touting her own relationship with her daughter, which, fine. I mean, her daughter is very sweet. Fine, tout it. But seven episodes in, I've kind of had enough of it, honestly. So then Kelly talks about why she started the People's Revolution office in L.A. because she thought that fashion would be the new rock and roll And then you see her in the People's Rev office in L.A. of the Hills fame, and there's one employee. One employee, and it looks really different. Yeah. Like, the office is completely different. Yeah. Doesn't seem like it's upstairs. No. Maybe MTV paid for a reno, or maybe she made money from it and renovated it. It's the same space outside. Yeah, like, the only part that looked really, really different to me was the office that he was sitting in. Yeah. So this guy, Mike, has been with Kelly forever, like, through her husband and the birth of her daughter, and he's been at... Oh, and he survived her firing everyone else in the L.A. office. (laughs) 
Um, so then she like bends over to get something out of her purse and she says, Mike, how does my ass look? Huge, right? Whoever says getting older is better told a bad lie. <laughs> That's funny. True. So then this poor intern named Carlos needs to do a short interview with an industry professional, most likely for school. And because Kelly's in town, he asks if he can interview her. And she says, sure, while she eats. I hate watching people eat on camera, especially with your hands, especially a giant sandwich. I don't, I just don't want to see it. I'm not saying that I'm a polite eater. I'm not, but like, I don't want to look at myself eating either. So then Carlos asks her about fashion and the recession. Like, how is the business going? Kelly says, it sucks. It's a depression. <laughs> and anybody who tells you any different is lying to themselves. She's really chipper. And he says, you know, do you think that it'll go back to the way it was? And she says, I don't think it'll ever be the same business again. And that it'll take five to ten years to really recover. And then he <laughs> says, okay, well, that's all I needed. And she says, oh, it was horrible, right? Well, it wasn't very inspiring, but he says it was fine. And then in her confessional, she says that she thinks the fashion industry will be fine because we have to wear clothes, right? Um, sure, Cal. But then on her way out, she also says people are going to wear clothes, but they might not be wearing $2,000 pants. Well, and I'm assuming that the end result of all this conversation of hers is what she's trying to get around to is that... People will always be buying clothes. They just have to start making them at a lower price point to stay relevant in this economy. Or start, you know, branching out and doing things other than clothes. Like perfume. Or... That's where you make the big money. Yeah. Or other things. I don't know. So then we go back to New York. And there's a very long extended scene about... Oh, no. It's Grace's first day. Sorry. And they talk about her experience and Robin showing her around her computer and the server and whatever. And Kelly says something to Grace. And on the white bar board over Kelly's shoulder, you can see the list of New York Fashion Week shows. It says David Delphine, Genetic Denim. And there are check boxes for all the things they have yet to do for each show over her shoulder. And it's Grace's first day. They must have just edited Serrano out at the very least because he worked on that Chato show, right? Yeah. That's when that printout like wouldn't work and he and Skinner had a meltdown. Yeah. Yeah. They must have just tried to cut him out as much as possible. It's so weird. I wonder why. I don't know. And did you notice Grace is sitting where Serrano used to sit? Like at the head of the table? Well, no, maybe it's, maybe Grace is really boring and maybe. Serrano wasn't. And so they wanted less Grace in the series and a more Serrano. Maybe. It's so strange. So then they also talk about, Kelly said, how stupid would it be if I went out of business because I had too much floor space? And so she's agreed to rent out the second floor of the building, except she didn't clean it out. All the closets are full of shit. Yeah. So this guy shows up, I'm assuming the renter or her friend. It looks like he's going to use it more as studio space or something than somewhere to live. But they go downstairs and like, there is nothing empty about it. And no, Skinner, Skinner and Muckamel have to figure out what to do with all this shit. But it's some of it is People's Revolution product, and they can't just get rid of it. No. So they tell some jokes about, like, Goodwill and having a yard sale, but that's never going to happen. And they talk about how much work it is, and it is. Yeah. <sighs> so then it's later that day or another day. And to me, this felt like a Fashion Week moment. When 
because it was very late at night. Kelly and Robin were out at an event and Skinner, Andrew, Emily, and Grace are all packing and merchandising clothes. I don't know what merchandising clothes means. I have no idea. I mean, if I had to venture a guess, um, maybe like scanning all the numbers to like put to see what they have in stock, what they have it don't have in stock in comparison to what the designers have lent them or what goes to for what show. I don't know. I guess. But then they're very concerned about what order the things are hung in too. And then like, I don't know. I just, it's, you know, it's the same sort of stuff that used to happen on the hills. They're just going through all these clothes. So then apparently Grace went up to Skinner and said, do you need any help? And Skinner said, no, I'm fine. You can go. So Grace left the office and there. Well, and I guess there's a very big point of contention as to whether she said, I'm fine. You can go. Yeah. Or no, I'm fine. Right. So then Kelly, like, gets an email from Emily, who sort of instigated it, and Kelly shows up and just, she flips out. She flips out. And she blames it all on Skinner. And Skinner just says, I didn't, I don't tell Grace what to do. She asked me if I needed help, and I said I didn't. Which, Kelly's only fair point is that Skinner does need help, and she needs to stop saying no. But Kelly just kind of flies off the handle and says, no, it's my company. You'll both listen to me. Grace Skinner should have told you you'd be seen as punking out if you left. We all stay until the end. Okay. And that's why I think that your timeline thing makes sense too, because that is like a fashion week. I mean, like if it wasn't fashion week, it'd be like, okay, you're new. Like you... The clothes they were packing up were David Delphine's clothes. Yeah. That yeah. weird hospital color blue, like... Yeah. yeah, I know. So then... um What was I going to say? Oh, and Kelly makes a big point of saying to Grace, you do realize that Skinner is junior to you. And Stephanie was kind of like, yeah, that's my point. I didn't tell her to go. I have no authority over her whatsoever. But yet still mad at her. Yeah. So apparently it's all Skinner's fault. And even though Emily's the one who instigated it and sent the email, Emily just somehow washes her hands of all of it. Yeah, it, I don't know. The whole thing was weird, and it was one of the most annoying fights I've ever seen because it was about nothing. So Emily outranks Skinner and Grace. Why didn't she notice Grace's departure? Call Grace and say, hey, I don't know who told you you could leave, but don't be a punk. Get back here. Why did she have to call Kelly? I don't know. She's a partner in the company. Yeah, I've never got that. I don't understand why they defer to her, to Kelly. I'm like, I thought you were all equal partners in this. Well... I get it, Kelly is the boss, but, like, telling someone they should come back to work when no one else has left, that doesn't take the big boss. If you outrank Grace, you can tell her. No, I thought that Emily and um, Michelle were equal with Kelly. No? They're not three equal partners? Emily and Robin. I mean, Emily and Robin. I think Emily is kind of slightly lower down. So you think it's Kelly, Robin, then Emily? Yeah, a little bit. And I don't even... I think Kelly still... Robin is not an equal partner. She just has a stake. Oh, I didn't realize that. I always thought they were equal partners. No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. That um, makes a lot more sense. So then in our final scene, we see Kelly talking to Skinner and she says, Skinner, what's going on with your boyfriend? And Stephanie says, he doesn't want to be my boyfriend anymore. And Kelly calls him a fucking idiot and says, I can have him killed for you. <laughs> Which I actually thought was pretty funny. There you go. I take it back. Kelly's still funny. And Stephanie says, he wants to be friends, and I'm just not ready for that. It's really sad. 
And Kelly says, it's so sad. You really love each other. Why haven't you called me personally to talk about this? Because who talks to their boss about that, even if you're friendly? Well, and I think part of that is that Kelly does get off on this whole, like, mother wolf vibe thing she's built up for herself in her mind about how she is, like, the queen mother to all these underlings, and she's rough on them, but she cares about them. And I don't know. It's like, just be their boss. I know. It is true. So then Kelly has this interesting monologue about love and relationships, and she says, like, it hurts either way, so you might as well get fucked and be loving. (laughs) But he broke up with her. I think she was choosing to do that. Well, he broke up with her, and she also, I mean, this whole thing, this is another stupid mood point. She didn't like him. No. If she was in love with him, she would, I mean, I'm sorry, but if you're not even in love with someone, if I just like someone a lot, and I work all the time, and we've carved out a half an hour to spend with each other, I wouldn't spend the whole time with my Blackberry and then call my coworker over to hang out with me. No. I would not. Like, she's not into this dude. No. I would think she'd be happy about it. Yeah, I know. Now they're just friends. Like, she can text him every now and again. I don't... Well, also, don't have a relationship if you don't want one. Yeah. It doesn't seem she wants one. No, yeah. So then Andrew comforts her with ice cream. Which, by the way, apparently they have a whole freezer full of Ben and Jerry's at People's Revolution. Yeah. That's what they talk about. Yeah. She's like, is this in the freezer? Yeah. Do we have any more to No, but there's tons of others. Like, what, what kind of magical fridge freezer is this? I don't know. I could not work that many hours at an office that had a freezer full of ice cream, though. That is true. That's probably all they eat. Coffee and ice cream. Yeah, and Red Bull. Ugh. Yeah, no. I would want to be their stomachs. Although that explains like all the pasty skin on this show. It sure does, yeah. No one has a natural glow from like healthy eating on this show. And the cigarettes too. Yeah. Yeah, well that explains that. But that's it. Tough times indeed. Very much so. And um, we will be giving you a new episode very shortly because we're about to record it. So you won't have to wait that long between this one and the next one. And the final episode of Kel on Earth is next. Yeah. What we thought would take eight weeks has taken like six months. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time. Thanks for listening to another episode of One Hit Wonderful. You can find us online on Twitter and Instagram at OneHitPod. You can email us at FranklyMareB at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nana's Mink. And you can find me on Twitter at HeyIt'sMareB. Please remember to rate and subscribe. And have a great week, guys. We'll talk to you soon.